2: This is
3: Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting Network. Sharp Money, v the Sports Betting Network. As we open up a new week here on the program, I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. I hope you had a nice weekend as the boys will join here in just a second. Of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live downtown Las Vegas, Fremont Street there. Bar Canada at the D as we open up the week and open up the show on this Monday, November 6th. We're going to close out tonight, week nine NFL. The Chargers are at the Jets. Now, if you want to lay it with the Chargers, you can find a three. If you want to take it with the Jets, you can find a three and a half. Right now, DraftKings is showing the Chargers laying three and a half and a total of 41. So we'll get to that game, that breakdown coming up in just a little bit. College basketball. I'm sure you've heard, is back over 150 games today across the board. Actually, I have some good news. Mr. College Basketball, Thomas Gable, who runs the race sports sportsbook at the Borgata in Atlantic City, texted me over yesterday. We can talk about these games. I'm all a big college basketball guy as well. We'll, co- we'll talk college hoops, but three of the games that he sent me yesterday, the line has moved against him today, although he said CLV early on this season may not mean as much, so we can talk about those three games from the one and only Thomas Gable. What else? We've got basketball, we've got hockey, we've got plenty to do. Just quickly as we say hi to the boys, let's open up with some breaking news across sports, and then we'll get into, of course, the week that was the week nine in the NFL. We've got like, love, loathe to get to, and a lot to choose from as the big guy gets a kind of coy smile on his face for some reason. Probably because he just came from the doctor's office and he's in a good mood, I guess. I don't know why he's laughing at me. Why? Why are you laughing at me? I'm scared you're going to ask me a question that's going to trigger me on a Monday. I'm not going to ask you anything. I just want to say this quickly, though. Uh, Craig Council does have a new home, boys. Um, Amal, he goes to the Cubs. A little awkward because David Ross is the Cubs manager, and he (laughs) is getting paid through 2024, but Council leaves Milwaukee and ends up with the Cubs here. If everybody can sign up for that Josh McDaniels uh,
4: plan, you know, get paid but not have to work, it's fantastic. And it does seem like a little bit better fit from my perspective than going to New York. I think Council, who's a guy from Wisconsin going right down the road, to Chicago. A little bit simpler, easier for him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Cubs going forward.
3: Steven Voigt, I think I'm saying it correctly. He was an all-star. He's going to replace Terry Francona there with the Guardians in Cleveland, big guy. So Voigt, who's just 39. I just remember him as an Oakland A. And then the bench coach for the Yankees is staying in town, although he's going from one borough over to the next. The Mets grab... Carlos Mendoza from the Yankees, and he'll be coaching in Queens. He'll be managing your Metsies. Uh, First of all, Craig Council is going to make $8 million
5: as the Cubs manager. That would make him the highest paid player on the athletics right now. So uh, good money for him as a manager. As far as the Mets hire, going to be honest, had to look the guy up. Had to ask my friends who are Yankee fans about him. You know what they said? we don't know who he is either and he was on our bench the last couple seasons it's a good thing the new york mets fired buck showalter so they could bring in a guy who learned under a guy that should have been also fired this past offseason in aaron boone like what are we doing here like come on you couldn't just kept buck showalter this makes no sense
3: all right. So the big guy fired up on a Monday about a guy he's never heard of. <laughs> so maybe I mean maybe he ends up being a gem and you're going to eat your words. I hope well, for your sake you will.
5: It's well it's like what what how important is a baseball manager? One's getting 8 million and the other one I have to google to find out anything about him and guess what? There's not that much out
3: there about him. Well, how important is a baseball manager? Ask the Texas Rangers, yeah, who in say. 61 years had never won a championship. Bring in Bruce Bochy and 10 minutes later, they win one. I'd I rather, think that's important.
4: Yeah, I'd rather
5: Ramiro Mendoza than Carlos Mendoza at this point. It's all irrelevant. Oh,
4: gosh. <laughs> Optimistic Monday for the Metropolitans I see here. And listen, he's got 15 years on the Yankees bench. I'm sure he's learned a thing or two. He can deal with the pressure in New York probably better than a lot of other people can. Uh, let's give him a chance before we decide to throw him out on the first day.
3: And you are not just a Mets fan, but you're a Giants fan. So breaking news as we open up a week here on Sharp Money. Daniel Jones, you saw him go down awkwardly in Las Vegas right down the street from you guys, boys. With the knee injury, he has torn his ACL. The season is over. The week nine injury and loss to the Raiders so Daniel Jones is officially out, all
4: Yeah, this is obviously interesting now going forward where the Giants wind up with a draft pick, Patrick, because you've got some quarterbacks in this draft Caleb Williams, Drake May, two of them among many others who you're going to be considering to make a choice on. He just signed Daniel Jones to a four-year, $160 million contract coming into this offseason I still thought they should have franchise tagged him. Now, when you look at this injury and the timing of it, we're in November, he's going to be out probably through what the start of training camp at the very least Um, I don't know how quickly that recovery would be for him but the Giants have some big big offseason decisions ahead
3: Will they add a quarterback? Is fascinating because obviously Tommy DeVito is not the answer. <laughs> you don't think but so? We could be lo- we could be looking at some inflated numbers in these Giants games to close out the year. We've got a half a season to go, and it could be Tommy DeVito. That's a disaster. No, you made a great point. We don't know if Tommy DeVito is the answer. I think we need to find
5: out. Let's find out if Tommy DeVito is the next franchise quarterback for the Giants. Tyrod Taylor shouldn't touch the field. Tommy DeVito should take every snap. He should throw it at least fifty times a game. We should make sure as a Giants fan. That Tommy DeVito, we see every single aspect of his game before the season is over.
3: Are you drunk? No. There, there, you have questions as to whether or no. not bada bing, bada, no, bada I, boom, DeVito I, is your number one? <laughs> no. He
4: wants know, to ensure I, the first overall I pick. I know
3: Tyron Taylor will Whoa, get
4: in the way of the number one on overall pick. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he wants, wants to get that first overall pick. Uh, I think that's fair. I you want Caleb fair. to come with uh, Alex Grinch? Bring him with him? He uh, can help him uh, get employed? At this point, If we could get Caleb Williams on the Giants, he can bring
5: whoever he wants. He can bring (laughs) his his pedicurist,
3: his manicurist, whoever's coming (laughs) along for the ride. I will say this. I I mentioned to you, because we don't do college football on Mondays. We've got plenty of week to do. uh, But uh, I don't know. I don't know what the buyout. I don't know what the situation is with Lincoln Riley here in Los Angeles. I'm just going to tell you right now, it is a freaking disaster. First off, that Washington running back hadn't run for 100 (laughs) yards all season. He went for like 270 (laughs) against L. Alex Grinch's <laughs> Alex Grinch's defense, and then Caleb. Look, I I legitimately the, the tough guys online that want to kill the guy for crying. That's not the issue. The issue is just the whole package. And when you're talking about Caleb Williams who jumped up and you know was hugging his mom and was crying and she covered him with a little placard there, I have no problem with that. I have a problem with him. Max Duggan last year. Max Duggan was caught on camera crying after a loss last year, and he tweeted it. Caleb Williams. Was was like, LOL. So I think it's more of just a personality thing that's starting to become uh, I don't know if it's a red flag, all, but certainly Caleb Williams. There's some things popping up here and it has nothing to do with showing emotion.
4: Yeah, I, I'm with you on the crying. I didn't have an issue with that. I want a guy who cares that much in this team that's not going to make the college football playoff, not going to win a Pac-12 title. And when you look at his career there between Oklahoma and USC, he's never going to have played in a college football playoff game. Really, that falls on Lincoln Riley. And, it, and it's really unfortunate if you're a Trojan backer. But you're right. Dylan Johnson, I'm sure the UW fans, as much as the Purple People Eater fans up there are crazy about that team. They had to look up on the roster going, wait, Who?
3: Yeah, that was the big talk here in Los Angeles is Riley should have been fired for holding out on firing Grinch. Yeah. Like the idea that he was that I I guess reckless with the program by keeping a defensive coordinator that absolutely just torpedoed the season. So I don't know. There's a lot of smoke here, is all I'll say about the situation, the coaching position. Maybe you two were right, because I was higher on Lincoln Riley than the two of you. And right now it's a disaster. It's a team that not just defensively, they get pushed around up front consistently game to game
5: he's James Franklin with a system like he, he has an interesting offensive system that works gets you to a certain point he recruits really well
4: but when it comes to the big games disappears every single time. I, I would actually say James Franklin's better because he doesn't have the same talent that's in Ann Arbor and yeah. Columbus, and he at least gets them to 10-2, and two, takes care of business against opponents he should. There's none I mean, did any of us think, I was not as high on the Trojans coming into the season as all the pundits had him going to the playoff, but did you guys think that USC would be sitting at three losses with a potential loss coming to UCLA? Uh, you've got another game down the pike here coming up against Oregon where you're a 15 point it's underdog. crazy. I mean, this team is looking at a 7-5 season, Patrick. I don't think too many people had the Trojans uh looking re- ready for Andy Enfield's basketball team
3: yeah, I will say. I mean, he did. What? What do you have? Two Final Four appearances in Norman. Yeah. So yeah. if it, you can, you can have some. You can have a cross comparison to Happy Valley and Norman. And Riley did it. But I would agree with you guys. This has been underwhelming, and just the kind of way it's transpired here in Los Angeles, like year two with all the fertile recruiting grounds and just the opportunities nil wise here in Los Angeles. It should be going better for Lincoln Riley, and it's certainly not. Uh, if you did. Um, maybe them all did. If you had Tottenham at plus money today at home against an overvalued Chelsea squad, it's one nil Spurs. All right, it's like plus one forty. I was surprised to see that price for a team atop the table.
4: I, I was too. And we get a quick goal here. I didn't even realize that, uh, Patrick. That um, they already got on the score sheet pretty quickly in this one. Tremendous uh, matchup here in the London Derby. It should be a good one here. But you're absolutely right. This Chelsea team is kind of living on the name and the reputation. You're, you're absolutely right. Shouldn't have been the a
3: plus price particularly playing at Spurs. Did you get down on Tottenham Hotspur, big guy? No, I got up on it. <laughs> you got James, up on it? James Brown style. Get on up. <laughs> All right. Well, when we return, boys, we've got plenty to do. It is a week nine that I found to be quite compelling. And I I don't know about you, and this is a big Cincinnati Bengal house. And even with that, I can't start with the Bengals. I have to go to Columbus by way of Houston. When we return... We, we have to, first off, we're going to start in Carolina and fire everybody that analyzed <laughs> the draft, okay? And then hand to God, probably me as well. But if you're getting paid and you pass on C.J. Stroud and you're in a front office and you tra- and you take Bryce out, he could end up being a fine quarterback. C.J. Stroud is doing things right now spectacular. And that game at home, it's a 4-4 four and four team all of a sudden in the playoff hunt because of one player right now. And that kid is Awesome. When we return, we'll start there. C.J. Stroud had the best game as a rookie we've seen maybe ever. Texans to start. Never thought I'd say that this year.
2: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All Stars 4 is
3: to start listening
2: this is sharp money with patrick maher and amal shaw on v the sports betting network
3: Okay, become a visa pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests and the rest of the network as well you also get unlimited access to our slash picks page sort by picks by sport matchup event date time and more check the top visa experts leaderboard to view betting records profit roi and see which visa experts have the hot hand for visa pro picks betting splits betting guides plus video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now and get access to everything we do through May 1st for only $120 at vsan.com slash subscribe. I do want to give a shout out. And I believe if you sign up for the VEASAN Daily over at vsan.com, you just enter your email address. It's free, put together by our fearless leader, Bill AD. And on Saturday, no, excuse me. Yes, Saturday morning... Samich had his Breeders' Cup plays or a few of the races in there, and I want to give a shout out to our buddy Mike Samich and Aaron, Aaron and Jared. Of course, Aaron's been on the show a bunch. Aaron Halterman over at RacingDudes.com and Veasan.com. They cleaned up on Saturday oh, did at they? Breeders' Cup. Oh yeah. Well, first off, I know this. You guys are just going to laugh. Samich won just twenty-two thousand on one race. He was in a contest. He needed the five and the six, the five cash, 22 grand from the contest he entered. And that's a, that's just aside from, I'm sure he doesn't care if I said that, that's just aside from Friday and Saturday at Breeders how much he won just with his regular picks. But he won a contest for like $22,000. Huh, it was weird. insane. I'm
4: looking so, at my phone. I don't see all these picks via text message. Maybe something's wrong with the towers. So a uh, quick question, Patrick, in terms of the contest, what, what is it like you're picking in five, six different uh, co- uh, races or how does that work? I have to be yeah, honest with I think you. forgive exactly. me because I know nothing about it's, horse it's racing. It's like
3: a pick five. It's it's a contest from race to whatever, what race is to this race and you're competing against others so i I don't know if it was a carryover from a race on friday with the kids we call them the kids because the younger horses race on friday and then juveniles and then into saturday all i know is his contest ended i believe race six on saturday breeders day and he just casually texted me we need the five here for 22k And the five was a favorite. Five was a tremendous European horse and it was on turf. European horses on turf are way better than American horses. It was never a sweat. I texted us like, wow, 22 grand. He's like, let's keep it going. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's just very casual. Let's keep it going. Okay, Samich. Yes, let's keep it going. Congratulations Um, to Mike, Aaron and uh, company. That was great. Yeah, they did a great job. And so VEASAN.com, you could have got those plays or a couple of the races if you sign up for free. The VEASAN Daily, which is the table setter for your betting news every day here at VEASAN. On Mondays, we go like love loathe, and I started us out here am all. I went like with the Ravens, who again have beaten Detroit, Seattle, and Cleveland by a combined one oh three to twelve. They're rolling. It's time for your like.
4: Let's go to Fly, Philly, Fly in the city of brotherly love. Nobody's talking about this team because Jalen Hurts is not playing as well as he did last year. He already has eight interceptions on the season. Philadelphia Patrick is sitting at 8-1 and one with a win over their biggest division rival in terms of the Dallas Cowboys. Already beaten the Commanders twice. And this is a team that's not getting enough credit despite having a minus two turnover margin. Let's start the only positive on the defensive side of the ball. They're number one against the run, giving up less than 67 yards per game. Just an absolute dominant defensive run, line stopping run that they've got up front. They're doing great there. They're still giving up 22 points per game. That's a major negative. But you know what? on the offensive side of the ball, people are not giving this team enough credit. Number two in total yardage offensively in the National Football League. Number eight in passing yards. Number seven in rushing yards. And then, number two in two points per game. And the only reason they're behind the Miami Dolphins right now, because Miami's gotten to play the Denver Broncos and they put up a 70 spot. I don't think we're taking into account how well this Philadelphia Eagles team is playing. They had one bad loss on the road in New Jersey against the Jets when Jalen Hur- Hurts probably played his worst game as a Philadelphia Eagle the last couple of years with a couple of crucial turnovers in that game. That was the difference. We saw the Jets eke out the win. That was the game in which Jalen Hurts had three interceptions. And I thought some of that was on coaching on Nick Sirianni and company. But this team finds ways. Dallas takes over with 46 seconds or so to go against uh, Philadelphia yesterday at their own 14. Uh, Bradbury gets called for a big pass interference that puts the ball around midfield. Then we have a Jalen, uh, excuse me, then we have an offsides and another penalty against the Eagles. They move the ball down to about the six yard line. Dallas gets a false start. Then they get through off what would be first and 10 from the 11 yard line. Cowboys can't do it. Philly's defense rises to the challenge. I then the Eagles, we need to start respecting what they're doing at eight and one. We talk about the 49ers, and I gotta tell you, I've been the person leading that parade with San Francisco. But fly-philly fly is not going anywhere. The road to the Super Bowl in the NFC appears like it's gonna go through this division because unless they lose two more games, which obviously is very possible, but they have that crucial matchup in December against the 49ers. But that is at the link. They win that game, the Niners are gonna have to come back there one more time. Your Detroit Lions are playing very, very well. However, at the end of the day, if that team has to go outdoors to Philadelphia, I think it's going to be a much stiffer challenge than it is to have them hosted in Detroit in the Dome to get to the Super Bowl. I think Fly, Philly, Fly is the team to beat. And this is my like for the week. Watch out for the Eagles. They're still coming on strong and are going to be the team to beat in the NFC.
3: It's a great one, and we do have a clip. When I am picking, like if I start handicapping, I think the three components for a team is quarterback, defensive front, and head coach. Like if you have a good defensive front, you've got a good quarterback, you've got a good head coach. That's why I think the Eagles should be your favorite right now in the market to win it all. And correct me if I'm wrong, boys, doesn't it seem as though the Eagles are 8-1 while Jalen Hurts is trying to get healthy? playing himself into shape as opposed to it does appear that he's banged
5: up, right? And he'll get to get healthier because it is their buy. Now, out of the buy, they go to Kansas City, at Buffalo, San Francisco, at Dallas, at Seattle. That is a brutal stretch. They're going to need him to be healthy there. Uh, I want to hear from Sirianni here because I have a question. Feels like he's a guy who's like half donk, half genius when he speaks. Like I go back and forth, like maybe he knows what he's doing. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, this was him talking about their mindset being eight and one right now.
6: When you're when you're truly in that mindset and you're willing to get better each day, no matter how you feel, that's that's got to be the mindset. I'm tired today. Oh, we're eight and one today. Oh, we're two and eight today. Whatever the heck it is, you have to be in a mind. It's 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 a mental challenge, and you have to be mentally tough to to say I'm gonna get better today and I'm gonna treat today the same way I treated the other day, regardless of how I feel today. And so. You're a funny, you And so that's our mission, and that's our goal. And our goal. I know there are going to be a lot of chatter about this and that, or oh, the, you know, now they got this lead, and and they're and they have the best record. I'm saying we don't care about any of that. All we care about is how we get better to win our next game, um, how we rest our bodies this week, how we get go one and zero each day the following week to try to go one and zero against the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's our mission because there's this huge mountain to climb. But you can't climb the mountain all in one week. And when you look up that mountain and you start to just look up at how much more you got to climb, that's what makes you slip when you, when you do that. And so your, your steps have to be, your head has to be down, your, your focus has to be on the mountain, your focus has to be on your next step, and that will be our next practice. And this week, take uh, rest in our bodies.
3: It's it was a good clip. The Getty the Gettysburg Address was shorter. Um, the big guy with the, the editing issues. I, one thing, a couple. Of, first off, one hundred percent Donk. I will say Sirianni on the sideline does inspire confidence. I think he's I think he's a tremendous coach. That's just the vibe I get. I have no clue. Right. Uh, there was a little intermission there where it was a very sweet moment with his daughter. So for those of you listening on the radio, that's what that little brief intermission was. Um, But if we're talking donks, the donk was on the other sideline yesterday. Mike McCarthy is the anchor. (laughs) Dak was good in the game. Ferguson was tremendous in the game. McCarthy is an anchor. I'm sorry.
4: You're not wrong in any way, shape, or form. You mentioned in this particular matchup, Dak Prescott. He was tremendous, 29 for 44, three touchdowns, and 374, 115 quarterback rating. But more importantly, he put his team in the position to win. The only objection I had to Dak yesterday was when they when they had an opportunity. I thought he should have spiked the ball on second down after he got sacked, try to expedite the process there a little bit instead of being rushed to run the next play. I thought that was a little bit of a mistake, but. It just feels like to me, guys, it's now become a mental block with the Dallas Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a Super Bowl team. This is a team that you just feel like is slightly better than Dallas. But the Cowboys had some opportunities. And how about uh, Dak's foot stepping out of bounds on that two point conversion? We would have been looking at a game time field goal here.
3: They the only thing the missing there from that Sirianni clip, big guy, was four score, you know? <laughs> uh,
5: I believe he was elected on this date in 18, going to get the year wrong, 60. Uh, let's keep in mind, this Dallas team beat the Giants. They beat the Jets yeah. in week two, uh, just getting used to Zach Wilson back under center. Lost to Arizona, beat New England, beat the bad Chargers, beat the bad Rams, they're kind of a fraud
4: I, not buying it i don't necessarily sign off with you on the chargers but the one thing you got to give them credit they have destroyed some of the other teams that they've beaten but then again the 49ers beat them like a drum
3: dustin did edit the mike mccarthy clip that's coming up it starts like this ask not what your country can do for you <laughs> Hey, by the way, do we want blue blue or white
2: in the soccer
7: game? The
3: clip was legitimately 23 minutes. We're coming back with the big guys like.
2: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: Okay, Sharp Money, v the Sports Betting Network, as we welcome you back. Kick off a new week here, November 6, 2023. Hope you had a nice weekend. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live from the D, downtown Las Vegas. We're going to go from Vegas and Los Angeles out to New Jersey, of course. MetLife. The closer week nine tonight. You've got the Jets hosting, of course. The I was about to say San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. I should know better. And I, I, look, I don't know if it's a disrespect angle that the, the Jets can play tonight. But right now, DraftKings is showing the Chargers lane three. Actually, they've come off the three down to three, three and a half down to three, 115 juice on the three. So potentially headed back to three and a half with the Chargers. But pretty much everybody's showing the Chargers laying three and a total of 41 to discuss The Jets and Chargers tonight. Antoine Staley is going to join us right now. New York Daily News, Jets reporter and columnist. You can find Antoine on Twitter at Antoine Staley. He's actually checking in from MetLife where he'll be covering the game. Hi, Antoine. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. And why don't we start there with an angle? It's a team in the Jets that have won three straight. Do you think have they been playing up the disrespect angle this week because the Chargers come in favored here?
7: No, I don't think so. I think people have just kind of been doubting, you know, the Jets all year. I mean, I think part of it is like, late towards their offense has been really anemic. They're one of the worst offenses, you know, statistically in NFL. I think they're 31st in total offense and 26 in points per game, but they've still been finding ways to win games uh, through their defense and also special teams. So, yeah, I, I can kind of see why people are, you know, have been hesitant to get on the Jets bandwagon, especially considering, you know, what the teams that are in the AFC and how strong they look. But, you know, they they found ways to win games. And, you know, not for nothing, they were the only team that uh, so far is able to beat the Eagles. So, yeah, they feel like, you know, they have enough. They have the talent. They have everything it takes to make the playoffs. We'll see because it's definitely a big game for both of these teams, especially with wild card. I mean, wild, you know, tiebreaker implications and wild card implications as well.
4: Antoine, I've never seen a game where a team won without weather being a critical factor on four plays. And that's exactly what happened last week. How did the Jets get that corrected offensively? I mean, they were absolutely anemic.
7: I mean, it's been like that all year. I mean, they they can't they convert on third downs and red zone touchdowns. They're like at the bottom, so yeah, it's been a big problem all year. I think the big thing is is just you know finding ways to get you know third and manageable situations and you know being able to run the ball uh, effectively with you know Brees Hall in those situations because I think ten like teams like are expecting them to run the ball with Hall and then they would like to get the Jets in third and long situations and have Zach you know, also, you know, throw the football. But I think also part of it is their offensive line. They've had, you know, a lot of injuries there. They've had 10 different offensive linemen start games through seven, game, through seven games of the season. Uh, I don't know how that rates with the rest of the league, but, you know, that's a lot. You know, it's considering, you know, things and we're not even, they're not even officially halfway through the season. But yeah, I think a lot of it's linked to their offensive line and also the play at Zach Wilson, which has been up and down at times.
3: Up and down is a good way to describe Zach Wilson. Antoine Staley joins us here uh, discussing, of course, Monday Night Football closing out week nine. Let's talk about the quarterback and then we can get into game plan. But just give us an idea. Wilson put a tough spot. Antoine, we understand what happened with Rodgers. Where does he stand in that locker room right now? I'd be curious.
7: Well, I think uh, last year, I mean, it was a whole different situation where I feel like, you know, the Jets, He they did hand them the keys to, you know, their car and was hoping they he, he could steer them to the playoffs. And, of course, he ended up getting bitched a couple of times there. And I think, you know, that humbled Zach a little bit. And, obviously, going out to get Aaron Rodgers, they gave him an opportunity to kind of step back a little bit. And he wasn't expected to play at all. And then, of course, four plays into, you know, the offensive season for the Jets and everything changes. And now he is the guy, the starting quarterback for the You know, the Jets at least seems like it's going to be for this season. Although, you know, we'll see what happens with Aaron later on. But. You know, the fact, the matter is, I think his teammates are really, you know, they really back Zach, And I think he's won the locker room back considering, you know, he had a lack of accountability a year ago. You know, really was not, you know, he really did not want to accept responsibility for his play. That's not the case this year. He's definitely, you know, even when he's played, you know, relatively well uh, against the Chiefs, you know, he accepted the blame there that, hey, I fumbled the ball and, you know, didn't give us the opportunity to win the game there. And I definitely think he's a teammate of seeing that and they've really come to his defense and they really have his back. So I think we think, you know, it's a much different locker room and they they really support Zach Wilson at this point.
3: Should we if I could just follow up quickly? I apologize. But Antoine, I wanted to ask you because nobody gets closer to these teams and these players and those on the beat and you on the beat for the daily news. Have you noticed 23 years old last year for Wilson now just 24. So he is very young. Have you noticed a difference in maturity covering the kid?
7: Yeah. I think so. Like I say, I think he's something more accountability now, something that he was not doing last year. I remember, you know, the game that he essentially got him benched against the Patriots when they lost ten three. You know, he blamed it on the win. He blamed it on a lot of different things but himself and uh he was also asked that was he, did he feel like he let the team down after just having 77 yards passing and it was nine for 22? And he said no. And then I think that resonated negatively in the locker room. And then I think at that point, they had to bench him. I think this year, he's a much more mature guy, you know, saying the right things there, you know, at the end of games, so even though it might not be his fault, you know, he's accepting that accountability uh, no matter what. And I definitely think everybody's seen, you know, the growth in from Zach Wilson from last year to this year.
4: Antoine, how is Robert Salah received in this locker room? Because he has been an ardent supporter of Zach Wilson and the defense has played at a level that would be championship caliber. But has the frustration spilled over at all? I know you talked about him winning the locker room back, but just based on the performance we've seen, what has the vibe been with Salah compared and with how he's managed the team?
7: Well, I think the players really uh, enjoy Robert Sala and kind of what he's brought to the table. He's been a players coach, too. I mean, he says the right things. He has his players back, too. And, yeah, I think the players are willing to run through a wall for him, and I think they have as well because they're winning games they're not supposed to win. I mean, last week against the Giants, I mean, on paper, the Jets were the better team, but yeah, they had no business really winning that game. I thought the Giants you know, for probably about fifty eight minutes outplayed the Giants and then it was just up a twenty four second stretch where, you know, the Jets then it'll tie in the game and then forced overtime and then they winning it there. But yeah, I mean I think you know, you don't win games like that unless you have a somebody that's a leader of men, and I think that's what Robert Sala has done. And I definitely think that's the team has really reflected that this gritty style of winning, and you know, that's that's their identity, and that's kind of how it has to be their identity if they're gonna, you know, get to the playoffs or you know, even contend in the AFC.
3: Give me the game plan for the Jets tonight. Antoine Staley joining us, New York Daily News. The Jets win tonight. Now it's a low total. Maybe you can fill us in on the weather there in Jersey tonight as well. But why don't you kind of construct a, a, a game winning plan for the Jets tonight against the Chargers?
7: Well, weather won't be a factor. I think it's like 50 degrees right now. It's like clear. So, yeah, there's no rain like it was last week with the Giants game. But, you know, I think if they're going to win, obviously converting on third downs, uh, red zone opportunities there. And, you know, I think, you know, them running the football, is because they're going to have to run the football with it, you know, Brees Hall and be effective too. And if they can protect that Wilson, I definitely think, you know, that would be beneficial to them. And because, you know, the Chargers have two elite pass rushers in Khalil Mack and obviously Joey Bosa who can get pressure there. We kind of saw what the Giants were able to do last week. I imagine the Chargers are probably do have a similar game plan of way of attacking Zach Wilson and the Jets. So, yeah, they're just going to have to find a way to protect Zach Wilson because otherwise it could be a long night for the Jets' offense once again.
4: When you look at this uh, Jets defensive team, you guys have played Mahomes, they've played Jalen Hurts so far, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen. They've done a really nice job from a defensive standpoint in terms of limiting these other opponents. What is going to be the key tonight in terms of limiting Justin Herbert, despite the fact that they've got some injuries on the offensive side of the ball? We know Mike Williams is out for the year as well.
7: Yeah, I think getting pressure on him. I think that's basically what it is. The Jets usually don't like to blitz a whole lot. But, you know, if they can find some ways to get pressure on Herbert without blitzing, you know, their front four uh necessarily has, doesn't have the sets like they did a year ago. But I think Jermaine Johnson has done a tremendous job. He's on pace to have ten sacks this year. Bryce Huff is a uh underrated player. I think people are starting to find out about like him about the league, his pressure rate is better than any, you know, edge rusher in the league right now. So yeah, I definitely think those two guys have to be a bit faster in getting pressure on Herbert, But in that way, you're going to force some turnovers there. You saw with, you know, when they beat the Eagles and Jalen Hurst, they forced three interceptions. They forced some interceptions with Patrick Mahomes, even though they didn't win the game there. And same thing with Josh Allen, they also forced the, forced them to turn the ball over four times. And you know, if they can't if they can't turn the ball, if they can't get, get generate the turnovers against Herbert, I think you know, the defense is going to be in some big trouble. But, you know, that's been the call and call of the Jets all year, just forcing turnovers and uh, capitalizing on mistakes there. And it also gives their offense a shorter field where they're able to score touchdowns and get points.
3: At Life, we got uh, about a minute here, Antoine. It can be a little antiseptic, you know that. There's It's a weird vibe there because it's so cavernous, but the Jets are the only team in town with the Giants completely done. Do you expect there to be some juice tonight in Jersey for this matchup?
7: Yeah, any time the, the night games have been really like a lot of juice there. So, this is the last night game, home night game of the year. Uh unless something crazy happens there, at least in the regular season anyway. Uh but yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a lot of juice, a lot of excitement there. People are going to be, you know, Aaron Rodgers is in the building once again. Uh not you know walking without, you know the golf the golf cart driving them around there. So, I'm sure people will be excited about that too. So, yeah, it's expected it to be a big crowd and a lot of excitement for the game tonight.
3: Okay. Thank you, Antoine. Antoine Staley, New York Daily News, covers the Jets beat. He's there already at MetLife, so it's a long night ahead for you. Thank you for the time. We appreciate it.
7: Thank you, guys. Thank you.
3: Okay. It's weird. It, I, I said I used antiseptic to explain it. I don't does it play that way on television, guys, because MetLife is for a, a stadium that was built, I don't know, 13, 14 years ago, it is a dump. It looks like a convention center. <laughs> I like that. It, it it convention center is a good way to explain it 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 has less than zero feel like I know people talk about New Yankee Stadium and I would agree with that. That has a pretty antiseptic feel as well. But it is just, you know, obviously always built in the same area in the middle of nowhere there in Jersey. But they just, there was, there's no charm to that building. By anyway, way. Maris and Tish built it and the Jets rent. The Woody, with the Johnsons rent from the Maris and the Tishes. When we return, we get back, we'll get into Monday Night Football and our predictions, but we get back to our loathes like love loathes. to start listening
2: this is sharp money with patrick maher and amal shaw on v the sports betting network
3: Okay, DraftKings bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. And by the way, they've got the best price on Eckler's receiving prop. Get it over there to DraftKings and use the promo code SHARP for new customers. Plus a no sweat, same game parlay. The big guy just built one for Monday Night Football every day for all betters. DraftKings, the crown is yours. And I mentioned because I'm looking at a couple of different books right now. I'm looking at one book that has Austin Eckler, both Dustin and I, on Eckler over receiving yards Dustin this morning got him at 32 and a half I'm sure he paid a little juice I'm looking at a book right now showing 36 and a half dollar 30 juice however if you go to DraftKings, and I'm looking right now live 33 and a half receiving yards for Eckler minus 125 if you want to go over that's the best price in the market that I found boys yeah I paid uh, take uh, a look.
5: 133 yeah, 133 I got this morning juice
3: at 32 and a half yes Again, whether it's on paper with Zach Wilson at quarterback, it, the Chargers should be favored. Yeah. But this is a team that doesn't do well against physicality. It's a team that can't run the football. They want to throw it all over the field. We just saw Palmer. We already know about Williams. Palmer to the IR. So their options starting to get limited. The Jets on defense are starting to get healthy. Not officially playing aside, but that three and a half earlier was juicy, and you can still find a three and a half in the market for the Jets. Secondary's healthy. Defensive front, they're going to get to, again, 41's a low total. They're going to get to the quarterback, obviously, and Justin Herbert. I don't know if the Jets are going to have to do a ton. I think this is going to be ugly. They're going to look to muck it up. I think it's crit. Look, the Chargers, they break your heart every single week in weird ways. Uh, to be laying it on the road, a weird travel spot for them. Again, that was last week against the Bears, where, right? They, where they looked ridiculous. That's, this is a different opponent with this defense in the Jets.
4: Well, they just went from a high school defense to a, I mean, a top five caliber defense in the National Football League. And you guys brought up a couple of good points here. The Chargers are a team that break your heart consistently. The other thing to me is as good as Justin Herbert is from a talent standpoint, it feels like when the game and the competition elevates a little bit, there's a little inconsistency with him. He plays very, very well against some inferior opponents, but can he step up now? You're playing a team like the Jets, who are sound at all three levels defensively. You turn the ball over here, it's going to be a real problem, even though the Jets' offense has been inconsistent. The Chargers defensively have some deficiencies, and then the Jets might be able to get things going a little bit here. This is an important game for Zach Wilson, this Jets' offense. Patrick, I'm going to tell you right now, You know, I said this last week, I love the Jets. This was a money line play for me on the Jets, plus 150 at home Monday night football, the the Jets, as you alluded to earlier, have won three in a row. Guys, they've only given up more than 21 points twice all year. That was against Dallas. They were completely flat in that spot. And then Kansas City scored 23 points against them. But they scored 17 in the first quarter. Then the Jets' defense buckled down the next three quarters.
3: Yeah, I, I don't hate it. Look, Salah knows what he needs to do here. It's a Brees Hall and that defense. Keep it, keep it simple, stupid, and just grind out a win.
5: How weird are the Chargers? Their general manager, Tom Telesco, who, by the way, has been there a long time to be underachieving this long. He actually pulled the defensive backs aside after they traded J.C. Jackson a couple of weeks ago and apologized to them for adding him to their locker room. That he was a bad fit. I swear to God. He called the signing a swing and miss. And he apologized to them because he didn't show the same type of commitment that the rest of the group was paying to the team. That is how wild this Chargers team is. I think they're so bad defending the pass. I'd normally look at some Jets receiver props. But it's really hard to bet Jets receivers' props with Zach Wilson at quarterback, especially in prime time. They don't want him to mess things up, like you were saying. But I do have a lean on Garrett Wilson over 60, 66 and a half receiving yards. They allow almost 200 yards. Uh, receiving per game to receivers 13 receptions per game to receivers do the chargers so I, I wouldn't hate it if someone went over on Garrett Wilson because they can be beaten through the air and Garrett Wilson's a guy that Wilson's always looking for and can get you that yak after the
4: catch I, I agree with everything you said about Garrett Wilson except my one concern Patrick is I just don't know if Zach Wilson no, can deliver why I'm not a consistent ball yeah,
5: that, that's why I'm not betting yeah. it it would be just a lean but they are so bad defensively he might only need two or three pops to get it I mean there are
4: times where Zach Wilson will throw you which is a benefit for the offense into a pass interference because the throws are so errant
5: yeah if you don't mind paying yeah. juice Brees Hall receiving props makes sense to me I think he's gonna be heavily involved in the passing game a lot of checks down just, just get the ball to him in space
3: okay what'd you do with your same game parlay so with that note I think the running backs on both
5: sides are going to be involved in the passing game so we're going to go Eckler over his receiving yards 33 and a half Brees Hall over his receiving yards and then Hall over two and a half receptions, which I think he will get there. The only reason it's not a bet is because it's juice to hell. And then uh, Austin Eckler over four and a half and Brees Hall anytime touchdown because when they get in the red zone, they don't want Zach Wilson screwing things up. They're going to make sure it's Brees Hall who gets them to the promised land. So my only question with all the mentions of juice, what is your favorite kind of juice, guys? Tomato, grapefruit.
3: I actually love tomato juice. I'm gonna go orange. I'll keep it simple. I do love. Orange. You're, by the way, I wanted to call out something that you've been using a lot lately. Hmm. And I, look, it's a completely. It's up to your volition. You can continue to use it. But you've been saying "promised land" lately. Oh, have I? A lot. Oh, like no. a lot, lot. Get them. You've been. You've been saying, "quote Get them to the promised land." Lately, it's pretty weird. Hmm. Based on a current event, I probably shouldn't be saying that word. Because <laughs> you're not usually a cliche guy, so I've just kind of like sat up straight every time I've heard no. it. I'm like, Dustin's he's he's mailing it in at the end of these sentences with take him to the promised land.
5: No, I just you know I end up uh, speaking more than anticipated, taking myself down tangents, and I don't really have a GPS to guide me to the end. I almost said the promised land again there. Almost <laughs> did it. Almost did it. <laughs>
3: you got a basketball play tonight too big guy yeah look uh
5: this is how i attack the nba when players are out i try to find someone who's going to benefit Derek white's not going to play for boston uh without white saturday drew holiday went for 18 9 and 10. he's going to be asked to play more of a point guard distribution role his points rebounds and assists is even money set at 27 and a half feels really low He's averaging right around there with White in the lineup. I think he should get more assists tonight as a facilitator, which will bring everything else up. 27 and a half just feels way too low for Drew Holiday.
4: Just a quick add-on he... to, to the Boston game. Uh, Porzingis is going to be a game-time decision with an eye injury. So that could help Drew as well.
3: Chris Stops. By the you... way, Council got $8 million a year. I think he said that earlier, right, Dustin? That's crazy. Yeah, I think someone said, uh, I saw someone on Twitter
5: say that his deal— like for the years and the, and the, and the, the amount he's going to get per year would be the 11th biggest contract in Chicago White Sox history for a player.
3: <laughs> but what's the Cubs, man, they really want to counsel because they're going to pay. I'm guessing Ross was making, what, three at least. Yeah, I would say three to five. Yeah,
4: yeah absolutely.
3: Dude, he's also one of your own. I don't know. This feels dirty. I don't like any of it. Why didn't why didn't if if Ross was such a hot commodity? Why didn't the Metsies go for him? Because the Mets are a stupid organization. That's cut and dry. Well, they're all (laughs) top top (laughs) ten.
5: Let's get to it. Top ten. Well, we're we're finishing up my list here. Almost done. Top ten things Dustin does in his car. So, I don't know if you remember. Last week we said Joe Rogan, number ten. Listen to Joe Rogan, number nine. Decompress.
3: Number eight was sing Country Roads. Number by John 10, Denmark. where are you driving? Guatemala? <laughs> Listen to Joe Rogan. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's a long road trip. <laughs> Take DMT. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> number seven,
5: envy cool cars, even though I'm not a you car ever guy. You just
3: see colors, bro?
5: No, <laughs> You can taste colors. Uh, and then here's six and five. These are the new ones. Number six, play drums on my steering wheel. I don't have any musical ability. I don't know how to keep a beat. But you can bet I hammer that steering wheel when certain songs come on.
3: Yeah, let's just Google something, man. Uh, Play drums on a steering wheel. Yeah, absolutely. Number five, what do you got? Uh, Number five, you know, I realized
5: my parents visited like a month ago, and my mom sat in the back seat. It was the first time someone had been in the back seat of my car, probably since I moved to Las Vegas. So when I drive around constantly, I'm always like, you know what? I don't even need a back seat. But then at the same time, I really want an SUV that has a third row for some reason. So I'm constantly contemplating, do I go two-seater or third row? I spend a lot of time debating this while I'm driving around in my car.
3: Like a Denali? You're going to get one of those big
5: children and you're rich? One with a third row, not necessarily a Denali. I'm a big fan of the Kia Telluride. There's a new Hyundai Hyundai Santa Fe coming out that looks awesome. Looks kind of like a Land Rover.
3: Just something with that third row. just like a big old boat to drive around all right good job big guy tremendous you're welcome
4: like the guatemala
3: line (laughs) i mean that is number 10 that is a long road trip with a lot of diversions i hope you have ways for that conversation not a lot of fact checking going on though (laughs) well it is literally during the show googling (laughs) what are you gonna do uh, all right, fellas, enjoy Monday Night Football. I, like, where does the game stand? Is it exciting? Do you care about this matchup tonight, either of you? 2017, Jets. I care about it okay. if Eckler goes over that total. Yeah, we, we do. I, we hammer, We both hammered that. Okay, boys, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good Monday. We'll see you tomorrow right here. Sharp Money, it's VSIN, the Esports Betting Network.